You're listening to the Real Estate Radio Hour, the show that brings you unfiltered stories and insight from the Twin Cities real estate world with your hosts, Chris Rooney, broker at REMAX Preferred, and Andy Presky, leader of the Preferred Home Team at REMAX Advantage Plus. What up, suckers? Fiesta. Look at this guy. He lives. He lives inside of a disco ball. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's a famous uh, compound here in Floripa called Casa Arte. Everything is made out of wine bottles. It's like a huge compound. It's it's freaking nuts. I'll put some uh, photos up here um, later. What, uh, what? So they drink their way into building houses, or what do they do? Yeah, I think the last thirty years. All the bottles he's gotten, he makes it with this. He so he drinks them and then puts them into a house. I assume a couple of them, not all of them. You'd have to be a full-time wine drinker for years. I don't know. I've seen a lot of Instagram photos of Nick on a beach with at least a bottle or two. So he's probably helped construct that home. Nick put an addition on that building there. He's in. He, he put a he put another wing on the old uh, casa. Speaking of new construction, yeah. How, how do you how's your models been going during this time? Um. Well, I wrote two purchase agreements yesterday for new builds. I mean, I, I, I literally can. I, I I say this so that you know the guys I work with don't hear me, but um, don't tell them. Um. Right now, it it's literally it's, you sit in the. And, and the uh, or you run your ads and then the um people are coming in because they're that i think i think what's honestly this chris this is what i in my head this is kind of like my prediction for next year too as people still fear covid and pandemic and whatever they a lot of times stay in their own house right they don't want to wander out in the world as much as they used to there's more you know in the in your shelter stay put order stuff in you know whatever that forces people, you know, th there's not as much inventory. I think that'll continue to keep pressure on inventory. Having people think of, I just need a safe space to hide until this is all over. And then what people are like, hey, you know, can we go out there and put an order in on a new house and then, uh, you know, build it the way we want it, kind of like these beautiful homes I'm selling behind us, um, behind me. Um, these are my new mini house division. Um, uh, just kidding. Um, the uh, 500, so 500 grand a piece probably too. We'll we'll negotiate a little bit, but um, we uh, <laughs> probably no. But so long story short, people are coming out. They're placing orders. They're okay with the houses being out. You know, ten months to twelve months on orders on these bigger homes. Um, they get to pick everything the way they want it. They understand what's going on in the world. They're spending, uh, making sure the floor plan fits their family's needs. And so I think there's continued uh, pressure on, in a good way, new construction. I think it'll continue to click all through next year um for sure into the spring and then i don't think honest to god i don't think rates are even going to affect us because right now rates are already bouncing around and they're not slowing anybody down so i think they can raise rates and i don't think it's really going to affect a whole bunch of our unless it goes crazy but they stay under four throughout the year i don't think it will even feel it yeah i think we're going to talk a lot about all of this stuff uh and what we think in 2022 is going to happen but i i see the same thing and i also i also felt that was the case because this is also a time where people actually have time. 
it to be able to get out and, and check things out. So I think that that also does it. It's around Christmas time, and uh, I just think that gets people excited. And maybe you know next year we're going to do it. And and really, if you're thinking about buying right now, you're thinking about getting in Christmas time next year probably. Yeah, so it's a Christmas present for you, Andy. Andy's really good ventriloquist, so he, we can lip read him. <laughs> you muted yourself, Andy. It was not worth repeating, but I said, "Let me take my hand," and I said, "Boop," like I was you were my ventriloquist puppet. <laughs> oh. hey, speaking of uh, Christmas presents, we're gonna go into our social media reacts quick. And, um, but look at what happened here. Well, why are you on TV? What's going on? Oh, I, uh, <laughs> I surprised the family today with $40,000. Greeted with an incredible Christmas surprise, a gift so amazing it couldn't be wrapped. This was coordinated by local podcasters who host Straight Candid and Back Pocket Productions. Our Alex Jokic was there for the big reveal for a family that's been struggling to make ends meet. A family of six living out of this hotel, and they had no clue they were about to receive the best Christmas ever. A Christmas wish. I'm just like nervous and giddy. <laughs> six weeks in the making. I'm scared. Granted by a group of Minnesota podcasters. This year for best Christmas ever, we're trying to raise $20,000 for a family. It's going to be any second. With the big reveal just moments away. There's literally no cooler thing we've ever done. It's amazing. This is the family whose life is about to change. Pictured inside their home. It's a hotel room. Some of the kids sleep on the floor. All four of them have special needs. Back out in the lobby. This letter is telling the family that they are going to have a house paid for for over a year. Mom has no idea what she's walking into. We're here to wish you the best Christmas ever to you and your family. At first, she thinks it's just the overflowing pile of presents. Then this and we raised forty thousand dollars for you and your family and you'll be living in a home you'll be living in a home you'll be living in a home cue the tears as one mom's miracle happens <laughs> in time for the holiday merry christmas to you, merry christmas. Are you guys serious? we're serious we're dead serious do you see this the kids getting the christmas they always hoped for and a life they never dreamed possible. No, we weren't going to live in a house. You're going to live in a house. You're going to live in a house. <laughs> the family tells us even in the hardest of times, they're always looking for the good in the world. I really don't expect anything. I used to get a flashlight or something. And this time, it came to them. I'm really happy. When you think about all the Christmases in your life, how will you remember this one? Probably the best. <laughs> Those who made it happen agree the holidays are happiest with the gift of love be merry and give it's the best best thing that we have as humans on this earth in brooklyn park alex Jokic, five eyewitness news how freaking cool was that wow. did you oh. did you hear they they raised forty thousand forty one thousand dollars Listeners, thank you so much. Those of you that helped contribute, I know we were uh, we saw a direct um, impact when we passed uh, out to the group, and I know our group responded very heavily. I think they were 
uh, at about 4,000 donations, and it jumped up to like 15,000. And then this thing just took off. And I, uh, after, it was kind of a snowball effect, I'm sure, but way to be generous, way to help a family out. That that uh, hotel they were staying at, I just recognized, isn't too far from uh, 610 and, and Winnetka over by big Target headquarters. It's not too far from my house. That's why I recognize it. It's pretty cool. Way to go, guys. That was so cool to be part of. Yeah, that was uh, that was really wow. I wasn't expecting to see that. It was pretty cool. But doesn't it make you feel good though? I mean, that's that's a case of where you know a contribution that you can see it, and you're helping a real family and your actual community. I mean, how how cool is that? It doesn't get any better than that. Well, those guys are just a bunch of kids too, which is really kind of cool. And uh, you know, we hopefully helped out in a small way, but uh, those guys. Uh, I mean, they've been working at that for a while, and I know that the donations hadn't been coming in very fast, but to, to get up to over $40,000, not only to get them all those gifts, but they were going to try to, I mean, it looks like they're going to pay for a rental. They were trying to get a down payment or something, um, so I don't know if that happened, but it'd be, it'd be neat. To, we'll follow up with him uh, again. I, I think I'm, there was some issues with medical records and met, or medical bills. They were tacking up against their credit score, so it was kind of a non-win situation. So um, they were looking to put them into some kind of a contract for deed where they could a situation where, you know, with a big enough deposit, they were trying to do the CD, and then eventually they could just refinance the house, proving they've made the payments. And I don't know what exactly ended up happening, but they basically for sure have housing in a house for uh, 12 months to get them back on their feet. And, and uh, man, get out of the hotel. Holy cows. That was great. The hotel must have uh, participated as well because, to me, I don't think you can have six people in a in a room. <laughs> I don't know what kind of hotel that is, but maybe, no, maybe. and that you know we we've uh, stated a couple of those before. They're by Hilton. They're like the homes homes to whatever, and they're like a longer extended stay. Or they're a lot of times located near hospitals or near big corporations like Target, where you can stay there for a week or two weeks at a time. Has a little kitchenette has, you know, a bunch of beds, and then it has a pull-out sleep-on bed, too. So they probably sleep on, but... Yeah, extended stays. Kind of like an extended stay, yeah. Just the Hilton's version of it, yeah. When I saw you there Sitting all alone in the dark Acting like a kid to Okay. Yeah, what you guys think of that? Just a cool little uh, New Year's holiday thing? I've seen that a lot on social media, uh, but I, I haven't been there, but I know a lot of people that have. That's the one that's at Valley Fair, I think. Valley um, Fair. Yeah, that we, my, uh, my, we packed my whole family into a couple of vehicles, and we went over to that Sam's Village over in uh, Wisconsin over there. Uh, just across uh, from the bridge from Stillwater and uh, what is that Somerset right on the Apple river. And I'll tell you what, if you've never been there, that that's, they have been 8 million lights set up. And what was kind of fun is that the dads don't mind going either because you walk through this area and every probably hundred yards, they have a, uh, a shack where it's like, Hey, hot cocoa and cider. And then when the dads walk up, they're like, you want fireball in that? You want a little Bailey's in that? So they, they actually served Christmas drinks. So the, the parents are Jolly and Holly and, and running around eating candy canes. And yeah, it, 
what a fun what a fun holiday this year though to, to you know do something kind of like that get you in the mood for sure well and we even had snow which was nice this year yeah yeah exactly here's how omicron is going to affect omicron the real estate market omicron emi i don't know the more this strand or any other strand spreads the higher the real estate prices are going to go there's already not enough houses out there for people that are looking. And the more of this stuff that happens means the less likely people are to put their house on the market. The supply was low and the supply is going to get even lower now. Next year, the Fed is going to raise the rates a little bit to try to slow it down, but I don't think it's really going to do a whole lot. What do you think the market's going to do in 2022? First of all, I have a question. Did that say WAP on his hat? It said WAP professional, W-A-P. <laughs> uh okay so wherever we're getting our internet uh no i i kind of agree with the guy i was uh i was saying that a little earlier that when you have people fearful of disease or whatever pandemic whatever and they start staying home and they kind of you know the igloo effect if you will that it's winter and uh you know you stay at home and spend more time inside you don't want to sell your house you don't really wander out as much hence the they're they're predicting lower inventories based on if things ramp up, the one positive thing I would say is that I don't know anything about medicine. I don't know anything about, you know, the pandemic and everything else. I know is that it seems like this next version seems to be hopefully a little bit lighter, less impactful, almost like getting a cold. And I and like the what is it, the CDC or whatever, just shortened it up to five days. So maybe we start to come out of our shell slowly, which is probably OK. Right. I don't know. Um, at least we're going in the right direction. Yeah, but I do think he's he's correct. I mean, we we all had no clue what was going to happen to the real estate market, and uh, we thought it was just going to crumble when, when that happened. And when it didn't, and it actually went the opposite way because exactly what Andy was saying, and that's what's created this market, is that interest rate rates stayed pretty flat, but inventory went way down. And there's people looking, and they're grabbing as much as they can. There are some people that were scared. Uh, that prices were getting too crazy, but if they didn't jump in, they were losing out. And so then yeah. they all started jumping in. And there was a little lag in there. I can't remember. I mean, this market's got so weird, but there was a little lag for a little bit. Then all of a sudden, then it came back again. So I think people were like searching, is, is, something, is something bad going to happen? And then they wait. And then it's like, no, nothing's going to happen. Let's, let's jump into the market. So, and we're still in that position right now. And I think that the whole Omicron, and if they do any types of shutdowns, uh, that's only going to help the real estate market. Well, that, and I think that there's, it's always interesting to see how interest rates, um, you know, they, oh, we're going to drop interest rates to stimulate the economy. You, you can't stimulate what is already up. Our interest rates right now are already so low and so like historically low. I, uh, I actually, I should bring out a chart that I had from 2012 from Wells Fargo um, that, uh, Lisa, would you grab that for me? Um, yeah, just like this. So from 2000, they're showing interest rates, right? And as they were going along, um, let's go over here. Um, as they were going along, they went way up and then they came down and they've been laying flat. This was from 2000 and uh, I bring my own guys. Um, so this was when I was working with Wells Fargo. And look at this. So this is showing you guys 1972 as we go through, we go along, go along. This only goes through 2012, right? And as it goes through 2012, they're like, look at this, guys. Historically low rates, four, over 4%. And everybody was like, oh, my gosh, you guys. This is like the best time ever. Well, now they've been hovering around three. And it's been laying there flat 
underneath that 4% bar for, oh, I don't know, 11 years and 10 years. And we're at that point of where we need to do something because you can't lay flat that long or you're hence the name flatlining, right? And uh, you, you need to get them back up so that if something does happen with the economy, with the world, with whatever, and stimulate by having that drop. Right now we're on the bottom. We have nowhere to, nothing to stimulate. Yeah, and I think that's uh, a, a lot of areas have recovered big time because of these interest rates. And uh, it's, it's allowed some people that weren't probably going to uh, hit those numbers. It allows them to do it. I mean, you look at payments now, and I'm always amazed. I go in and sell a, a million dollar house or a million five, and I put down, you know, six, seven hundred thousand dollars. They own it's they mortgage 800,000. And I mean, their principal and interest payments is, you know, 2,800 bucks. And it's just like, what? I mean, that was what we were paying, you know, on $400,000 houses before and a lot more when I first started. You, you look at that and you just say, I mean, even from three to 6% on 300,000, your payment's gonna raise 750 a month. I mean, $750 a month on 300,000. Yeah, it's, it's actually crazy. It's kind of like, you know, I, I heard this analogy from a lender one time and I thought it was kind of funny because I think, Chris, you have seven of these. Um, it's like when you sit down in a massage chair and at first it's like, oh my God, this is the best feeling in the world. And then after you sit there for about three minutes, you're back. Yeah, you're welcome. And after your back starts getting numb, you're like, it actually becomes annoying. And it's like we're in a state of having interest rates so low. We're like, oh my God, I gotta get off this thing. Right. So you you start talking about getting off these low, crazy, stupid interest rates and and let your back recover. And then when we need a massage again, we'll come back and sit down. Anyway. No, it's so true. I only have two massage chairs, uh, a shoulder one, and then one of those little pulse ones. But other than that, I mean, I there's a, a, a buddy of mine got a new massage chair that's like yeah. Mine look like uh, a high chair. They're unbelievable. So I'm really thinking about that one. But that one's like eight thousand bucks. We last year I got one of those um, the jackhammer basically things on a stick, and, and I'm like, what do you do? Do your chest and your arms? You can't even reach your own back. So then you're trying to. I'm trying to invent the device to hold it on my back so I can do it. Can we skip to the good part? I think, uh, I think that's what is the R-E-R-A? Real estate uh, reaction uh, Andy's. That's what it is. Reacting to Andy. The real estate industry. <laughs> um, no, I, I just, I don't know about that. I think that there's maybe in condos and it looked like he was not, you know, I didn't, I don't know if I could tell if that was a U.S. city or not, but there's no written rule unless it's in your contract that there's what they call an, an escalation clause where if at the end of the build, if the builder's not done, they pay you an escalation in commercial. That is true. Sometimes there's what they call penalties for not getting things done on time. Um, and there's actually uh, accelerators that get paid more if you get the project done early, but yeah, your new house build. If you walk in and say, Hey builder, you owe me 10%. They're not, they'll just cancel on you. So, uh, well, yeah. I mean, 
there's one part of it, like they say, forget it and not do it. But I, I think it is kind of ridiculous that if a buyer doesn't close when the builder's ready, then the buyer can get penalized, but the builder can have a contract freaking four months late and nothing happens to them. And I think that's, I think that's wrong. And uh, I would like to find uh, the real estate people reacting to Andy 10% uh, rule there and, uh, and, and tell me about it because I don't know about it. If there is one. Hey, listen, I think that there's, there's once this, the, the verbiage pandemic is out of the supply. Um, we may have that kind of contracts back in place, but right now the builders up front will tell you I'm shooting for a year. Um, I can't lock prices until permit. Um, we're hoping that, you know, these are all going to be allowances, but your framing allowance is 30,000. Your cabinet allowance is 32,000. Your, I mean, I'm seeing builders across the board saying, I'm not going to take the risk, especially when they only make six to 10% on these houses. They can't afford to take a 20, everything's a million dollar house has half a million dollars of profit. They're probably making a hundred grand. So all of a sudden the lumber goes up 30, the other goes up 30. All of a sudden they're at zero profit to manage or, or you know, service your property. And so you got to be smart. You almost have to take it on as a partnership when you build a house and say, okay, I'd almost rather work on a cost plus and 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 because nobody's going to lock in your prices anymore because the margins are too tight. It's not like remodeling where they make 100% on remodeling. I mean, remodel projects are so fat with profit. I mean, that's why remodeling projects will lock your pricing in because they charge you a 50000 to do a remodel job. They probably got 20000 cost into it. No, yeah. Don't let me go without doing my drying. Oh, you got a dry. Yeah. So we had a client event last last weekend. We had a contest where whoever I pull out of this basket, five hundred dollars, and we put all the people that followed the rules of the contest into the basket. You let me know when you're ready for me to draw. Okay, it's above my head, right? Clean hands. No way to know what's in here. Here we go. Out of the basket. Up to the camera. What does it say? Jamie Smith, Smith, congratulations. You just won $500. Woo Way to go, Jamie. <laughs> I want to know how that went, um, Andy. Uh, it, was, it was perfect timing, too. They, uh, they're they a young family with kids and, you know, living over in Fridley. Um, you know, the typical busy American family, right? And uh, I guess the timing was pretty cool. They were shocked and pleasantly surprised, and and it couldn't have, it couldn't have been given to a nicer family. Andy was kind of Santa Claus this year. My gosh, helping people get into a home and then giving five hundred bucks away. I you guys must have did that sometime when I was missing. I never saw that. That was right after you um, dropped off of the. Uh, I think you had to go a little early at an appointment or something. And then we were just filling time, and I was like, oh, my gosh, this would be great. So we uh, put all the names. We did a client event, and we had everybody tag us, hashtag us, you know, and, and online. And and uh, I just was like, hey, you, you hashtag us, you can win $500. Right now we're in this trend, trend of, the of the absence of color. Of I've of been color. in so been many in houses that are white trim, white walls, white ceiling, and everything in the house is white with just pops of color. I think that paint 
can definitely give it your reflection. And maybe that's what makes it feel like cozy and comfortable because you've painted it your favorite color, you've decorated it with your favorite things, and now you're more drawn to that space in your house. And I think that it's great to move through the house one room at a time. And I also think that it's critical to live in the house for a while before you start making those types of changes. It, was I the only guy that was, while she was talking about color, started looking at her saying, She's wearing a cream-colored shirt. Her hair is cream-colored. The background's cream-colored. And I'm like, and she's talking about color? Now, if you want to talk about color, look at this shirt, Chris. This is color. My tutti fruity shirt. Beautiful. You know what? That lady, um, I think her name is Glenda Baker. And I think she's out of uh, Atlanta or Georgia, somewhere in Georgia. And uh, she's actually a... Uh, big social media person. I think Nick had played one of hers before and I decided to follow her and she's got some really um, good things, but they had, they had one social media thing where like all of her followers would then pretend to be her because she gets pretty, I mean, she gets uh, pretty excitable and, and it, it was just kind of funny watching it, but she has, she has a good point there too. And I think people, they need to remember is sometimes, I mean, when you're, building a house or buying a house and you really want to make it your own. I think a lot of people think that, well, geez, I already got to think about, you know, selling it, but I encourage people to live in it the way they want to live in it. And then when it comes time to sell, you know, there's, there's things that you might have to change and, and be able to uh, utilize to be able to get to the most amount of people. So this all white with little pops of color is, is what sells right now. But if you want, you know, um, turquoise rooms and and pink and green you know go for it and enjoy it but just know that us as realtors will come back and say all right if you want to be able to get the most money because all white what does it also do because every builder right now is trying to make the square footage smaller all white makes it look bigger you know and this this trend of white started back in, back in 2008 2010 these flippers would buy these houses with gold and oak in them and or older ugly trim and they would paint it white do a fresh coat of enamel um, paint the walls put in some fresh carpet put it up for sale some new hardware on the handles and also that was a flip and that that actually worked for many many years and a lot of people started to admire and appreciate that that style they would update their houses that way then it kind of rolled into new construction where they'd offer the mdf that manufactured basically sawdust that's glued together literally from uh from manufacturers and they, they glue it together, put a paper face on it, and they paint it. Well, guess what? You can put that in a bigger profile. Instead of a little profile, the builders can put in a bigger profile, but now it's a painted, you know, MDF-style trim board for the same price. So it, the perception of value is there. So builders started doing it. And it gets to a point of where if you're using real wood, though if you, like, build a house, like one of these beautiful homes behind me, you start building a house and you pick out maple, for an example. Um, most builders are the high, high-end builders will use maple painted trim where it's, it's site finished. So they're not going cheaper on the material. They're, they're actually using the same in, you know, quality level of, of um, trim and cabinet. Um, and so then that actually costs you more. On a, on a normal house, it's, you know, sometimes 12 to 15,000 more to go to white over top of a regular stain. But then you go from that to like a, an exotic species and you can spend even more than that on a house, pretty easy. 
Yeah, it's uh, like I said, you from the social media thing. She's I, I think I think she's right, but um, <laughs> there's a reason why HGTV and Bravo and all those things have all these fix it shows on them and uh why they're all going those colors because that's what sells and that does it's what what makes you money but is it what makes you happy and i think that's an important thing it's it's like the baskin robbins number one sellers vanilla right they've got uh whatever 20 30 flavors whatever it is they brag about and then they sell vanilla the most He, he does yeah. find some good ones here, but yeah, isn't that the truth? I'll tell you, I uh, my whole thing is every time I go in and people kind of ask for it, I, I'm always like, when I go in, and even if I know it's vacant, I always yell realtor. And mm -hmm. uh, just because I've in, early in my career, I ran into a couple things that I didn't think anyone would be there, and uh, they were there. And we also had a realtor. Uh, that was doing the foreclosures and Andy, you'll you'll uh, appreciate this because you probably dealt with it. But when the foreclosure thing was going on and there were squatters in the homes, yes, we had a realtor that got hit hit over the head with a pipe, knocked him out, took his stuff, and then he, um, but he he wasn't deterred. He just he kept showing those houses because he had an investor that was willing to do it. But his his entrance was, I'm a realtor. I have a gun. I'll give you two minutes to get out. And then all of a sudden they start scurrying out. But uh, I mean, it was, I mean, it was crazy in those times. It, it, it was, I always have fun with that. I don't, I don't do as many showings now as I used to than, than buyer showings, but I walk in and I'll say realtor, really, really nice realtor. <laughs> or, and then my clients start laughing. So then I feel like I have to entertain them. I'll come in and go, realtor, color-coordinated realtor, looking very nice today. And then, they, of course, they laugh at you, of course, you know. But it's you, you got to have fun with your – I can't believe you do that. Huh? I'm stunned that you do that. That just surprises me so much. Well, you know, and then sometimes I'm literally trying to think of the next house I'm going to go to, what I'm going to say next to be funny. And I'm, like, not listening. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I have to listen to the customer. Speaking of God, oh. hello, hello, Jackie. Ooh. You look nice. Yeah. Yes, your your doorbell isn't working. <laughs> oh my goodness! I think Andy's I, laughing because I think that's him. That's that's how I get my listings. Oh, I was gonna say. Andy, when we're talking about guns from the last one, uh, you ran into a gun one time, right in your face. I, I was, I was on a lot, just like the one behind me here, up in. I was about, I don't know, fifteen miles north of Saint, and uh, I had a guy that was young guy, so he worked all day long, and we we're like, hey, let's go see that house tonight. So we were going up there. It was like I don't know, seven thirty, eight o'clock at night, and. Which is, you know, we I'll show houses up till nine o'clock. I usually don't go past nine o'clock, and we go down this long, you know, uh, pine tree road just like this. It's dark, of course. It's winter. A little slippery on the road as we're driving in there, and we get to this house, and and I didn't have a chance to review it yet. 
And here it's a it's a uh, in the ground like basement that they finished, you know, ready to build a house on the top. So that's why so aggressively. So I pulled right up with my truck and shined the headlights right at the house. And I'm like, all right, come on, let's run in there quick. I'll leave my truck running so we can see the, you know, what we're doing. And I'm doing the lockbox with the turning my body so the light I can see in there and get the lockbox, unlock the door and uh, swing the door open. And I go ah! like this. And the guy's got a shotgun in my face. I'm not like this going, what the hell are you doing here? I don't have any showings tonight. What the hell's going on here? And I'm like, you you put your house on the market, sir. We're only here to show the house to help you. Uh, I'm like peeing my pants, literally. <laughs> oh, my God. I have never got in my truck so fast in my life and like a cartoon down the driveway. Needless to say, you didn't oh. sell that one. Uh, no, we did not make an offer on that one, Chris. No. Uh, the big question, what is inventory going to look like in 2022? Boy, Nick, I, uh, I'm i feeling it's kind of going to be a lot of the same. I just don't, uh, I mean, I've got some good stuff coming up, but as soon as it comes on, it goes off and uh, it sells really fast. And I think I just don't see that changing. I don't think the interest rates are going to go up enough uh, in which to be able to uh, get people scared enough to put their house on the market. And especially with uh, the whole threat of Omicron and, you know, unvaccinated versus vaccinated versus, you know, I'm sick, I'm not sick, I'm, I'm immune, I'm not. I think all of that stuff is going to uh, hinder inventory still. Agreed. And I think that what's also going to happen there, a big, big thing we haven't really, the, the elephant in the room is inflation. And I think you're going to see houses again with new construction, not the existing houses. Um, I'm hearing rum rumors that new houses after the first of the year, so in a couple days here, are jumping up another 10%. Some are even going up a little bit more than 10%. Everybody this year is asking for a raise. Last year it was lumber, it was you know drywall, it was HVAC. Now it's electricians, plumbers, um, you know the framers, the concrete guys. The I mean, there's a lot of other subs. And hey, God bless America, man. That that's what makes it work. But that also can cool pretty quick. So you know when you have these new houses that are already six fifty, now they jump up to seven hundred. Well, you, you're and and rates jump up. You may just lose some of your audience, and the new construction uh, may cool down a little bit, with the exception of those that are paying cash, or the exception of those that um, people that just don't care. They they have so much money, they don't care, and they'll keep building no matter what, or they have that exceptional lot or the whatever. But um, you know, one, one guy told me, he goes, you know, Andy, even though you, you think it's okay to wait a couple of years, he goes, I'm 82 years old. I don't want to wait two years. I could be dead. So I want to build all the money I have now. And I think there's a little bit of that that'll start kicking in. Cause you have so many baby boomers that have been holding back. I think it's going to be kind of like a slingshot. And there's so many people still living in that big executive level home and they want to downsize. And it's going to get to the point of where they're realizing, okay, houses aren't going to go back down to a hundred thousand. They just think, I mean, at least in your lifetime, they won't. If that happens, we're all in trouble anyway. But, you know, it's, it's the houses are what they are. Inflation is making your dollar less powerful, and you better spend it before it gets even weaker. I, 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 I do agree. And I think the other thing is, is with builders, is that you're going to see the actual contractors wanting to start get paid a little now, too. 
And I think they've held back and, and probably reduced theirs because of the high prices. And they're, they're, they're trying to navigate how to kind of keep this thing going. And what they did is they said, well, we're going to kind of dip into what our profit is uh, to be able to kind of bridge the gap here of, of these high prices. And, you know, they, they can't build stuff uh, for nothing. And so they need to be able to start making money. And I think a lot of the builders have now figured that out in what it is because there was some outliers that were saying, yeah, no problem. I'll get your house done in eight months and we'll be in. And all of a sudden, you know, now those builders are doing it in 12 months and, and getting screamed at and yelled at. And, you know, you kind of got me into something that was a false falsehood. And all of a sudden now they're like, you know what, we're not going to play that game anymore because everyone's on the same page here. Well, right. And I think that you also have where on the industry with the supply chain a little bit as well and doing things to the builders like saying, okay, hey, your standard 92% efficient furnace with a DC fan is now discontinued. We can't get them anymore. Um, so your standard fan is not available. So we have to go to this new upgraded fan and they're forcing people to go different channels with their supply. And, and what do you do? So you either have to eat the 4,000. I mean, I looked at H two years ago. A 3,000 square foot house, an HVAC bill was about 11,000, 12,000 bucks. Furnace, AC, everything included. Now it's about 26,000. That's two years, guys. So that you wonder what's going on with pricing. A lot of that's what's going on with pricing. Supply, you know, and, and ever, you know, and, and it, it's okay. But the nobody wants to work in the field. So the laborers that are working in the field, God bless them, love every one of them. Because, you know, we wouldn't be getting stuff done without them. Um, they're, they're getting surgeon pay. Right now, it seems like for some of the stuff they're doing, because nobody else wants to work. Everybody wants to push keyboards instead of hitting hammers. And I'm telling you, if you have a young child that's that's tech savvy, um, has a, a you know understands how things work, encourage them to get in the trades. It's a fantastic industry, a fantastic opportunity for someone to build a business, have wonderful pay, um, have a rewarding career. And I just think we don't push our kids enough to get into the trades. You know, everybody, everybody wants to work a keyboard and have a degree, but nobody wants to work, it seems like. Or they want to work, but only on their terms. Or they want to work, you know, so it's like, and I'm, I'm not, just my observation, I need more guys that want to swing hammers, kick butt, take names, make a crap load of money. And and that opportunity right now is just a blinking neon light saying, come get me, you know, so. Yeah, no, that's it, true. But I, I do, I think you look at, I mean, there's a real good example of the, our moderator here that i mean these people know too much now and they know there's there's more out there that they can go do and you you, you look at like him he's he lives over there and where the average income a month is 250 dollars a month you know and so it's almost like some of these people um that the, these kids are starting to learn that and saying you know what what is there an easier way in which to do it and there's not that whole group that's out there let's just go to work let's get let's get it done and uh we need that but boy they're getting paid huge money right now if you want to make some money fast and be able to grow a company and be able to turn around and sell it i mean the trades is a fantastic way to do it hey the, the guys i know buying all the new trucks buying houses on minnetonka are not the builders or the realtors it's a tradesman some of the biggest houses being built on Gull Lake are by concrete men right now. 30,000 square foot house up there being built by a guy that makes, does concrete. Oh yeah. 
you know, they don't, they don't really have a lot of risk and they're just getting paid and they're, I mean, yeah, it's very interesting. Where's our time machine, Chris? We could go back. What about the machines when they um, start taking those trade jobs? You don't think those trade jobs will go away? Give me a little more elaborations. What you mean by machines? Well, like the factory workers got replaced by the, the robots. So what happens when the technology gets bigger and your carpenter can be done by the, the robots? I mean, they're saying that's coming in five, ten years. So is it just like gold rush right now to get into or is it going to last a while, the trades? I, I disagree. I don't think that, you know, right now, even when they even if they had a machine that could come out and let's say pour a perfect foundation. Um, you still have natural products being put into houses, which means there's going to be uh, variations. Unless you only, you know, you're going to, you know, uh, kill or what do they call that? Where they, uh, um, you only take the best of the best lumber and that's not effective either. So what's nice about the framing trades is that they can use some of that lumber that's not as pretty and they can still build a solid, beautiful house with imperfect products. And so usually if you have a foundation, foundations usually aren't perfectly square. So then the framer has to do it just right. And then the sheetrock guy tries to make it up for the framer. And then the trim guy tries to make everything look pretty on the inside. I don't know how that could be done unless our standards of industry go down a little bit. Because, hey, I can build your house for 100 grand, but it's built by a, a printing machine. And, uh, and it's not going to have any colors. You got to paint it once you move in. But who knows? Maybe that is the only way we can keep housing affordable. I mean, I really don't know, but as of right now, there's too many moving parts the way we currently build, and and that could change. But as of right now, I don't see how they could do it. There's there's a lot of that happening right now. I mean, with panels uh, building, but you still need the framers to put them together. So I think there's there's some of that labor that could be uh, taken away. But you know, um, can I do an interesting factor on that, Chris? What's that? I know I know one of the largest framing crews and that they got 30 plus framing crews and they do panels and they get paid the exact same amount of money on a house with panels as they do with a house that's not panelized. And the reason why is they can save on the material cost because um, the panels come out, they're more efficient. And then um, they still have where the walls don't hit right. And there's two walls that are laying together like this and they still have to hand frame that. So, and the builders save interest because now the framing gets done in one day versus, you know, 10 or 15 or 20 days. So it's money. So the framer still gets paid the same amount of money, which is interesting to me. Yeah. I mean, they still have to put the panels together in the shop, but it does go a lot quicker. And so maybe out on the, I was just talking to a, a builder and they were saying that uh, framing crews are just walking off the jobs because it was too, it's too cold for them. And I think that's, that's some of the things that, are going to happen because hey we don't we don't have to do it if we don't want to and they're in such demand they can kind of choose and do whatever they want it's crazy so, and the sad thing is nobody fires them because they need them so bad that they, after they misbehave here's an example the 3d printing homes you do a crap ton of them basic stuff cheap affordable housing they're saying this is the future yeah would you live in one of those Look at his bottles. I mean, for God's sake. Right right <laughs> hey, kids, that's, get out of the house. I need privacy. That's a that's a wine that's a wine bottle manufacturing plant. We just showed us there. I'm on I a Zoom call, kids. You need to go outside. Um, no, the, you know, I, I I like the idea of it, but that's that is to me again. 
typically flat. It's showing a track where the machine can work on a track. Who sets all that up? It's not, you know what I mean? Unless you're building them in a parking lot at a Lowe's parking lot or something and then scooping them up and putting them somewhere else. I mean, that that is cute, but I don't know how that all would work. How do you put the utilities in the walls? How do you put the, I mean, do you stop at some point in time and then lay concrete where you put plumbing in there or do you have your plumbing exposed? You know, those are the questions I would have. I, I think it's a great idea. I'm just saying I, I need more information. That's the actual 3D printer right there that's over the top of it on a rail system, right? Sure. Unbelievable. That's what I mean, he's that's talking crazy. about. It goes back and forth. It plops concrete down, and the whole house is made out of concrete. But think about this. It has to pour it, it, has to pour it at a rate where it can actually hold its own weight and hold the, the weight of what's above it. So that thing's printing out over probably three days. There's no way concrete could be smushed and then have another layer smush and smush and go... Andy, you're just trying to save your job. They're going to have no, robots. I don't think so. I think that what, here's what I would say to you right now. If you're actually conscious, you, you need to really look at sustainable products like lumber. Lumber is the only thing we can cut down. It grows back. It benefits the earth by doing it and, it. and it recycles itself. It's the truly number one best option for framing. When you deal with steel studs, you have to manufacture the steel. You pollute the earth. You have to fire up the coal plants. You have to do all this other crap that actually creates more negative um, emissions and, and, you know, uh, whatever you want to call it, your green points. It hurts you more than it helps you. So then when you look at all these other alternatives, I'm telling you, lumber is the most green way to go. And, and you can know that that tree, it's grandpa that laid the seed is going to lay another one. And now all of a sudden you have another tree growing right next to it. And most lumber yards right now are sustainable or lumber, um, you know, mills where they have a million acres of land and they only take one, you know, hundredth of that per year down. So that by the time they're back a hundred years later, they've already got a, another 300 foot high tree growing. That's a hundred years old. No kidding. It's pretty cool if you really dig into it. Wow. I'm learning a lot. 2022 is going to be interesting. Okay, here we go. We got uh, our 2022 resolutions for, for real estate. First, we'll start with you guys as agents. What are your resolutions for this year? What are you trying to do more work-life balance, uh, sell different type of homes? What are your goals and, and your vision? Point at me because you know I don't have any notes. Um, so like a, uh, a resolution means that I want to do something different than I did last year. And I think one of the things that if you gave myself a resolution, I'm, I'm open to new ways of bringing products to people. So like, you know, I hate to admit it, Nick, but TikTok or whatever else that helps us entertain a different audience, that helps people understand that we have value. I mean, I look at myself as being the heart of an educator, but I still have to grab people's attention to get their, you know, to get that audience to bring to us to to, to figure out that we're a good, viable source. Um, so that was one of my resolutions is to try some new marketing um, that is where the eyeballs are. Put myself where the eyeballs are. So you're going to do TikTok? Maybe, yes. You should. I think that'd be a really good idea. I think it's a natural fit for you. And I've said that from day one. And I didn't even know, once I saw TikTok, I thought of you immediately. Because, unfortunately, I have to admit, you're kind of entertaining. And uh, I think it would be really good. I, I think as, as far as uh, resolutions for me, I've got a really super cool project 
that I uh, secured this this late fall and uh, actually the end of November and uh, going to come to fruition in 2022. It's a home on on the lake that's uh, a pretty major, major uh, remodel, but it's kind of one of those things that I just know it'll work and I have to see that it, it, it's it's going to uh, come to fruition and uh, and come through. So I need the market still to stay uh, stable <laughs> and good, but I think when you have a, a lakeshore property on a very, 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 very good lot and you have the bones in which to be able to work with, that you can create something to be able to bring it to um, your uh, your clientele that's out there. So it's, it's going to be a kind of a big risk, but I'm pretty excited for that. And so I don't, I don't know if that's a, a resolution, but I, uh, I just think there's a, there's a real niche out there for um, creating what the people really want out there. And I don't think a lot of people see it and uh, what they're looking for. And so I'm hoping to bring that to uh, the marketplace this year. I don't think I have goals though. I, I don't, I've never really had goals. I had goals one year and I did make it, um, but I don't know. I think I just kind of always kind of just keep going. Um, I would like to uh, travel more. I told you I'm getting this little sprinter. I want to work more on the road, more over uh, the internet versus uh, going in everyone's house. I want to be able to sell a house without ever going into it. Uh, that's that's a, a goal of mine, listing one and never going through it. but with technology now, I'll probably know that house better than any other realtor would know it because I'll have uh, video of the whole thing and I could be able to study it. And I just think sometimes looking at it from how a buyer would look at it is a, a way that we can kind of um, do better marketing for that because- Well, what, that is diagnostics. Yeah, well, the first impression is on the online. And so, that's the way I'm going to see it as well. And I'm going to see it in the same eyes as the buyer versus like, Hey, this is what, um, is really, is, is really here. And that might cloud your vision on what you you'll see from the internet kind of point of view. So I might need your TikTok ability, Andy. Yeah. I, well, I'll tell you what, so what I've been doing now recently is with a lot of my listings, I've been going out there and actually doing, um, doing a, uh, that, that, that's not you need some inspiration, Andy. <laughs> yeah, I got that same outfit. <laughs> no, he, uh, where's his button-down collar? Doesn't he know this is a job, a profession? Um, no, I, I would... Uh, and flip-flops. Yeah. I don't even remember what the heck I was going to say anymore, Chris. Sorry. You know, I don't. Oh, I think we were talking about first impression on the internet, and uh, oh, how oh, yeah. I like I've been going out uh, looking at houses, and and I've had to get to the point of where you think about this. So we're on a job interview, and we go out to your house. You know, you're looking at what do we pull up in, what are we wearing, how do we speak, how do we talk. You're you're basically interviewing us to hire to be hired to sell your home. And so there's a lot of things we're thinking about outside of just being a, a good marketer. It's it's a first impression. And, and so there's that that's there. Then there's the, as you walk around the house, you're, you're developing a relationship with that client so that they like you and that they try to hire you. So there's, there's a lot of different dynamics going on when you're doing a market analysis from a realtor's perspective and from even the consumer's perspective, because you're not getting hundred percent of my true professional attention because 
like Chris is saying, if I can sit back in a quiet area, analyze what I'm seeing and truly do a diagnostics for you, like, here's what I see, here's what I would do compared to all the other and, and then give a true, a lot of times when I get to a complex, if it's a cookie cutter situation, what, and I mean that politely, let's say there's houses that are similar. Let's say you built with Lennar, you built with whatever, and you got the wing ding model, and there's 10 of them that have sold in the last six months. It's pretty easy to figure out roughly what you're going to sell for. It's when you have a custom home on the lake on a certain bay with a certain view with a sand bottom beach with a whatever that like Chris is talking about takes a lot more experience that takes a lot more thinking that's a lot more of a okay here's value here's value put it all together and is it price and then what do I do now to grab somebody in that caliber's attention and that's the part that when I think a lot of people look at well what is your percentage when people ask me that question up front I go I'm not your guy I'm going to give you a deal, but if all you're doing is shopping percentages and you're missing the fact that I could put $50,000 more in your pocket because I know how to sell a property or know how to position you correctly, get you ready to sell, all you're worried about is the commission. I go, you should be, the best thing that a consumer could ask a, a real estate agent is, what do you do for 7%? Go. And they interview three agents and let those agents tell them what value they're going to put 7%. Then go back after you see what they offer you. Then if you want to negotiate and say, you know what? I don't see as much value. I like this agent. I like what they're doing, but I'm willing to pay them six or I'm willing to pay them this, whatever the number is. And then you go back to it and you say, based on what you presented to me, I'd be willing to pay you this. And most agents will go, yeah, that's cool. I get it. Or presentation, but I'd really like to see more of this, right? I think all our cards are part of our future real quick here. That's a, that's a really good, that's a really good point. I always talk about you know, uh, when, when you deal with someone, you can lose a percent in negotiations like that, even maybe even quicker than that or 2%. And it's sure. Okay. I'll do it for 4.5%, but you're going to lose 3.5% less because of, I don't know what the heck I'm doing. And you have to remember that those people are trying to, I mean, they have to do volume to be able to make any money. And so they have to cut out something. And so what is that something? And I think a lot of people right now say that, oh, you can sell a house like super easy. It's true, but you can't maximize that house super easy unless you know exactly what you're doing. And I would say it, the transactions like this, your house selling is right here. All of this coming into the play, you know, all the uh, experience that you have. And then after the fact of how you protect them. And I'll tell you, those things are so huge. So huge. It, I don't think people understand what, what that experience provides to them. It's through a situation that I've already been through 50 times, and I know how to make it work to your favor. Or we know how to actually handle an objection that's, oh, my God, this should blow the whole deal up, and all of a sudden we fix it, right? That's what experience does. Experience makes things smooth and easy. Um, and but it, it's our job too to recognize and tell people, hey, every once in a while somebody's going to throw a grenade into our camp here, and we got to be prepared for that too, you know. Because in, in markets, especially when markets change, like when you have a market like it is now, where it's solid, it's mark prices are going up, everything. What happens when it plateaus, and and sellers aren't being realistic? There's a lot of consider you get fired over the market going flat on them, and it's not their marketing; it's the markets, you know, plateauing. And and so, what do you do in that kind of a market? When your real estate agent calls you and says, hey, the market's flattening, you better do this to keep, you know, if you want to sell right now, this is what we're going to have to do to get it done. And you think they're crazy. Um, I don't know. 
I've been there. I've been up and I've been down. I know what to do on both sides of the market when it's going up, when it's going down. And uh, I'm just, you know, I don't know. Experience helps. And what about for the podcast, the vision for this next year for uh, the real estate radio show? Well, I uh, I don't know. We don't know where the heck you'll ever be. Uh, so we have to just kind of tra- follow your travels. But I think that's a really intriguing um, piece uh, to this. I know that we have been talking about um, incorporating other professionals into the podcast. So awesome. from, uh, yeah, from from lenders to title to all, all, all of those types of people to kind of bring a little more uh, in-depth conversation about each of those disciplines. What do you think, Andy? A million percent agree. I think that, I think with your listeners, um, when you interact and you give us questions and whatever, that's I really enjoy that. That's fun. Um, I like the interactiveness. I also like when, um, if you like what we're doing and you share it with people, um, from a listener perspective, share it, tell people about it. We'd love to grow this thing organically so we don't have to be a bunch of ads. Um, I'd, I'd love to continue to provide educational real estate, fun topics, current relevant topics, and not have to have brought to you by Crest Toothpaste. You know, not there's anything wrong with Crest. Thank you for sponsoring us if you do someday. But I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, you have to monetize grow things sometimes. And I'd like to stay local. I'd like to stay, you know, um, with organic contractors, organic service providers in this industry that actually are doing, uh, they're here because they're doing the right things, not just because they have a, uh, the ability to help us pay for ads. I so think that's what I, yeah, I think I, I kind of just enjoy uh, throwing stuff around every week. I mean, Andy and I are kind of on the same page on a lot of things, but uh, we differ on some things, and I think that's uh, good content. Uh, we've been doing it for, boy, this is now 12 years together, and <laughs> I don't know. It's it's been uh, it's been interesting, but I really want to see these TikToks. I'd rather social media react to Andy's new TikToks than any of any other ones. Hey, if anybody's going to embarrass himself, it's going to be me. No, I, you know what? I, I don't. I don't mind. I just don't. You got to remember, I'm call us. Uh, uh, what are you, baby? But I'm not a baby boomer. What do we call Chris? Our uh, Andy. Andy, you're Andy, and I'm Chris. I forget what we're, we're not. We're not. We're not baby boomers. We're the whatever the jerks from the '80s. Um, the uh, but you know the video thing is hard because we try to do everything perfect, and and I know that that's something I just got to get over and just get on there and just do it. Um, I've been do I do candid videos. You know where I'll record myself talk about topics. I like doing that. I don't. I don't like to be a source of entertainment though. I haven't, even though I think it can happen naturally. But I mean, I just. I don't know. Like I don't. I couldn't see myself getting on a video and just dancing to try to dance. Who wants to see that? Andy, I'll help you. I'll give you some ideas. But um, I'm really looking forward to getting some um, Remax people on from across the world because there's Remax everywhere, and then showing yeah. our, our listeners like, hey, you know, the prices in America are crazy, but let's get you down in Brazil and on the beach for you know fifty thousand dollars. So. I think that could make a big difference to people listening and it could be really exciting. So that'll be my goal for 2022 to help out some of you listeners, maybe find a new place in the world that could be your own paradise. I know it's a lot to ask, but Nick, do you think there's anybody that you could find down there English speaking that would be able to talk real estate on our podcast with us? Yeah. Yeah. Nick can talk about like, is it fee simple? How are you going to title? Are you actually protected? Are you, you know, or is it? 
those kind of things would be cool. Yeah, that's the plan for sure. Do some segments, get on some other industry experts, and it'll be fun. Let's answer some questions from our, our most loyal listener this year, and then uh, we'll head out and everyone enjoys their, their New Year's Eve. So here we go. Tesla? <laughs> Car chargers. There you go. That's what it I'm, is. I'm waiting for Elon to start buying up all the electric companies now. <laughs> Who knows? I didn't know they were, I didn't know they were going up, but uh, I might have going. some. I might have some SpaceX garbage drop on my house now because I I said the wrong words online. Do you know what that kind of Andy, this must be your this must be your territory? Uh that's where I bought a lake lot. I believe we have fiber optic uh, in there. Fiber optic, but we don't have natural gas. We have to do propane, which I think is a complete joke. Really? I know. Yeah. That'd they don't have natural gas running around that lake. It's all propane. And it's and I swear to God, the natural gas goes right by the right by Alex on its way to the cities from North Dakota. It's like just give us a little plug. Yeah. Yeah. This whole take could seller take smart LED light bulbs, or do they have to stay? I think uh if you don't uh disclose that, you can do anything you want, but if you don't disclose it, you're gonna probably get in a lot of trouble. On that one, I would, I would see. Yeah, no, I agree with you, Chris. I think you could swap them out ahead of time. Just if it shows, it goes. So if you show, they should probably stay. If those lights are are not in there, who cares? Well, last thing, uh, tell Andy the Bredersons retired. <laughs> Thinking of listing, are you? Let's talk. We. <laughs> Are those realtors? Yeah. Yeah, neighbors out the lake. So. Wonderful. Well, I hope everyone has a great New Year's Eve. Look forward to an amazing year for the Real Estate Radio Hour in 2022. Make sure to like on Facebook. Give us a, a subscribe on iTunes, write a review. We post three digestible clips each week on our Facebook, short, sweet content. Have a wonderful rest of your year. Thanks for joining us this week on the Real Estate Radio Hour. Don't forget to visit our website, realestateradiohour.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast listening app. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or sharing us with a friend. Until next time, stay awesome, Twin Cities.